Let's get ready to shift our shit with the SOS podcast featuring Megan Bartley and Rob Giltner. Welcome back to another episode live and direct of SOS. I'm Rob, as always, joined by Megan. Megan. Hello. What do we know today? Oh, you know, like it's it's been a week. It's been kind of this crazy ass week. So I think I'm just kind of hanging on by a thread today. How about you? Yeah, I'm kind of the same. It's uh, been a busy week and lots of lots of different things to do, which I guess kept keeps it interesting. But uh, more of just, all right, I'm looking forward to maybe a time this weekend to kind of relax and recharge. 100%. I feel that. Yes. Mm-hmm. Well... One thing we were talking about before we went live is difficult people. And I'm yes. just curious about what what is a difficult person? <laughs> well, I think, you know, we were, we were talking about like boundaries and mm-hmm. how to have good self-care. And sometimes it's hard to do that when you have a person in your life who keeps sort of pulling for your attention or pulling for your um, uh participation um and that it's they're a hard person maybe to say no to Mm -hmm. don't you think i mean would you add anything to that yeah i think there's a lot of now hearing hearing that there's a lot of different types of people and what they do that make it very difficult to say no yes and and some of which might not even be related to the other person but to us in general Sometimes when I work with like high impasse people who have a lot of ability that saying no is very challenging because when they get maybe asked to do a request, they're, you know, using their empathy to imagine, gosh, well, if I say no, what will that do to this other person? Maybe instead of wondering, saying yes, what is that going to do to me? Exactly. Enough subject. But yeah, there's, I think, multiple reasons where it could be difficult to say no. Yes. Well, I think, you know, if we think of, you know, saying no and setting good boundaries as appropriate self-care, right? Because when there are sometimes difficult people, and it could be, you know, your boss, it could be your spouse, it could be a neighbor, it could be one of your kids, it could be so many different people of just like, you're having a different time navigating your interactions or your relationship with this person and it's using rob's language of like you're you're noticing the loss of yourself because you keep getting pulled in this direction where this person needs you to do something for them and yes if you are a high empath or perhaps even a highly sensitive person you think, you know, you start shooting all over yourself and you start saying like, oh, this person needs me and therefore I should help them out. And the reality is, you know, if we allow people to be their best adult selves and for them to take care of themselves and we kind of step aside and we take care of ourselves by saying, no, you know, let me check my calendar. I'm not sure that's going to work for me or whatever we decide to say to kind of put a boundary in place that sets the expectation that this is probably not something I'm going to say yes to. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That maybe even just giving ourselves some times, like we have a great online course called the art of saying no, which is, you know, about, mm, it's about an hour, hour and a half. um, Just, 
you know, lesson, let's say, of the art of saying no. So like ways to go about this and why it's important and how to do this of, you know, and not getting into this idea of like, I need to feel guilty about this, you know, either, either, you know, if somebody else is making you feel guilty for saying no, that's their way of manipulating you to get you to do what they want you to do. Right. Right. Or, you know, guilt can also be something we make up in our own heads where we think, oh, I really need to do this because if I don't, then somehow I'm a bad person or I'm, you know, I don't know, not a helpful person or something. Right. Right. And so that's interesting with the class of the art of saying no, the course is saying no in art. And if so, how do you perform that art? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, I've been practicing this, trying to figure out a way to have good boundaries for 45 years now. And I will say that there is definitely an art to it, right? Because there's, there's, you know, we could just be like, nope, sorry, bye, you know, mm-hmm. and just be curt and done and, you know, different people that works differently for them. Um, or, you know, for me, who's a high empath, highly sensitive, like, I don't want to hurt the other person's feelings by saying no, but I also know that I can't, it's not my job to control their emotions. So part of this is thinking about what's best for me and how I can say, you know, I, I can't, I'm sorry, I've overcommitted myself this week, this month. I just can't do that thing. You know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, I have found that most people, you know, most people who are working as their best adult selves, you know, interacting with me appreciate my honesty or my Mm -hmm. like, hey, you know, like, it's been a really rough week. I'm sorry, I can't make that thing that we were going to do, you know, like, instead of feeling like, oh, my gosh, I'm always that person who cancels or has to reschedule or whatever. It's just like, you know, there's, if I'm taking care of myself, it invites the people around me to also take care of themselves, right? So it's not me having to take care of them or them having to take care of me. It's that we're all going to operate at this level of our best adult selves and be honest with one another of what we're capable of and what we're not capable of. Right. And then the almost modeling how to say no, I can imagine be very helpful as well. Like if someone, you know, appreciates the honesty that you just mentioned, but then kind of say, hey, like, no, I can't do this when maybe there's, I don't want to say an expectation, but in some family systems, maybe there's um, maybe boundaries have been modeled well, and then maybe there's growth that maybe can ha- happen in some families. So anyway, is that, yeah, modeling the, the ability to say no or the art or having boundaries, gosh, what that can do for somebody uh, has to be powerful maybe too. Absolutely. Absolutely. Have you noticed yourself, Rob, lately having to set some good boundaries to take care of yourself? Yes, it, that's uh, kind of clashes with and uh, at times with something that I, you know, kind of wanting because of we talked about having, you know, Jack, my son born. And so there's things I want to do for the family, but then also the you know, what can I do uh, for myself? And so sometimes that clashes. And so maybe like anything, I'm learning as I go with what to say no to, which is yes. important, but also what to um, put on my boots and just trek forward. 
Right. Mm -hmm. Right. And that's, it's, you know, kind of a balancing act of trying to figure out, you know, what are some things that we maybe lightly or not so lightly want to kind of push ourselves to do and, and, you know, what are things that we're just like, nope, sorry, not going to do that, you know? Mm -hmm. And you did it, I think last week, you know, we, we've been a little sporadic lately with the podcast, um, because there are a lot of scheduling things happening. And last week we were supposed to record and you said, you know, Megan, I just, there's too much happening. Can we, can we push it to next week? And it was sort of like, yeah, of course, like, let's just push it to next week. So, you know, like making sure that you're asking for what you need and taking care of yourself and, you know, being able to show up here and do it well when you can do it. And when you can't, then, you know, Mm -hmm. being honest about that. Yeah. I, you know, and I would imagine that stress makes it hard to say no. The yes. Stress really creates a lot of rigidity, but a lot of urgency. And so speaking of the should, sometimes stress can give us that, you know, this should should be done now. I should I should have already done it already. Yes. And so then if we're behind or scheduling, whatever seems to happen, then saying no rubs up against that urgency. And we kind of usually choose the the shoulds and maybe not so much ourself which is saying no and then we might experience that loss yes i i can't remember in one of the online courses we have there is a whole section about the shoulds i think it's the one with dealing with difficult people i don't remember now we ha- i'd have to look it up online but um people can go ahead and look on our website too mindfulness-center.com because, you know, that shooting all over yourself is a legit thing that we don't even realize we're doing. And hopefully because we're talking about the shoulds, people are going to start to notice now when they say should or when they hear should or read should. I mean, it's amazing like how how much I see it. And if you wanted to, you could replace the word should with with could. I could do this thing, but I don't necessarily have to. Um, but just noticing the difference of that pressure, the shoulds feel versus the coulds, right? Yeah. And you bring up a great point of just being aware of that. Because I think for so many of us in our internal dialogue, there's a whole lot of shoulds and shouldn'ts. And by, I, I love the analogy, don't should all over yourself. Because when you share that with clients, you know, they, it kind of sticks. Then, then maybe saying, let's work on not saying the shoulds. So, uh, yeah. And then when you're aware of it, you realize how prevalent it is within our own internal dialogue, but how much we see it other places. And I like to say that that emotions have a mind of their own. And so they can hear. They can hear us and they can hear things, they can read things. And and so I wonder what the emotions might feel when they see or hear all those shoulds. Um, like for an anxi- anxiety, for an example, um, sometimes the shoulds create rigid rigidity. And what you talk about so well is win loss. So I'm either doing something that I should be doing, or I'm not doing something that I should or shouldn't you know, enter in one of the two. And that creates a loss. And so the feeling that then simplify that I'm not doing something I, I should should be doing then there is something's wrong. And then anxiety hears that and goes, oh my gosh, something's wrong. Let's make Rob feel a certain way. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes, because we need to fix it, right? Like right. something's wrong, we need to fix it. Versus, you know, maybe there isn't anything wrong. Maybe it's just about giving ourselves more options, which can tend to create the win-win scenarios so that we don't feel so stuck in 
you know, do I do this or do I do that? That black and white thinking creates that win-lose scenario is I have to figure out which one's the right one to choose so that I will winning versus, you know, choosing mm-hmm. the wrong one and then I'm losing. Mm-hmm. And we talked about maybe it comes from or it can come from, you know, being empathetic. But where else do the shoulds or shouldn'ts maybe stem from? I mean, I think, you know, family of origin expectations and maybe, you know, church religious um, beliefs or societal beliefs of, you know, uh, you know, women should wear dresses when they're, you know, dressing up or something, you know, mm-hmm. like, do women have to wear dresses? You could wear a dress, you know, but you don't have to or whatever the thing might be of, you know, if you're going to get married, you should wear a white dress if you're a woman, you know, like that's sort of a cultural norm, if you will. So I think we don't realize how embedded some of these um, belief systems are. Uh, And when we want to do something differently, you know, which is new and different and innovative, that watching how people react to that, who Mm -hmm. are used to those, you know, social norms or family norms or cultural norms or whatever those are, Mm -hmm. versus doing it a little differently. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And also, sometimes I wonder is that emotions are exist in a family of their own and like many families the emotions don't really work well together and so while one emotion might give us a should in reality then to another emotion or maybe a a group of emotions we recognize that that's maybe not the best way or that's not healthy so what i mean by that is a a value that i have and sometimes emotions themselves can be rigid especially individually So if I have a value of helping others, then any opportunity to help others, that value and maybe an emotion attached to it is going to say, we need to jump on that. And this is what you should do because it's value. Right. I also have a value of taking care of myself, but the emotion may be wrapped up in that value of helping others kind of gets more powerful. And then I get the the shoulds. I get the content from the emotion, which is the shoulds or shouldn't maybe. Yes. And so we are going to stop here and we're going to go to part two. Anybody who wants to continue to listen, um, because I want to address the yes and the both Mm. and in the next. So how do we, again, go back to that win-win scenario and also in relationships Oftentimes, when you're dealing with difficult people, you're dealing with somebody who they want to win and they might want you to lose or they're, you know, there's kind of like the status thing. So join us for part two as we talk about boundaries, self-care and dealing with difficult people. We'll see All right. You we'll see you, see you in part two.